And I'm joined now by RNZ business reporter Anan Zaki. Tēnā koe, Anan. The Mainzeal decision creates big decisions for businesses. Kia ora, Charlotte. Yes, the liquidator of the failed construction firm Mainzeal says the Supreme Court decision on directors' duties and liabilities is a landmark judgment. As you may have heard in the news, the court has ruled the four directors, Richard Yan, Dame Jenny Shipley, Clive Tilby and Peter Grom, were liable for reckless trading of the firm while it was insolvent and failing to protect the interests of creditors. Collectively, they must pay $39.8 million with interest, although the liability of the directors other than Mr Yan is limited to $6.6 million each. Mainzeal liquidator Andrew Mackay of BDO says it's been a near eight-year legal journey. On behalf of the creditors, you know, we're happy you know, with the Supreme Court's decision and that confirms the directors uh, breached their duties while allowing the company to trade while insolvent over a long period of time. We will make a better recovery than if, while it's been a long time than if we've not pursued this action. While it's been costly and a long road, you know, there will be a better outcome for creditors than if we hadn't taken this action. In a statement, the lawyers representing the directors say they are deeply disappointed their appeal was dismissed and continue to regret the collapse of the company. They say the court took no issue with their honesty and good faith and their absence of conflicts of interest in their conduct as directors. And DLA Piper litigation and regulatory partner Alicia Murray says directors of companies that are insolvent or near insolvent should tread carefully. You have to be you know, very mindful of your obligations, but also you can't rely on assurances from a parent company or other people about possible support that aren't legally binding. So that's really where the main zero directors fell down, is that they were aware the company didn't have sufficient cash reserves, but they relied on assurances from the related companies that they would continue to fund and provide funding for the company. But because those assurances weren't in any way legally binding, that wasn't reasonable, the court said. That's DLA Piper litigation and regulatory partner Alicia Murray. The Port of Tauranga has lifted its full-year profit amid slowing cargo volumes and higher costs, but is expecting choppier trading in the coming year. The company, increased, the company increased profit by 5% to $117 million, but container and bulk cargo volumes were down nearly 4% and import traffic was down 7%. Chief Executive Leonard Sampson says trading was solid in the first half of the year, but much tougher in the second half, although the diverse range of the cargo it handles has given it some protection. He expects more of the same. We typically now um, potentially get into some uh, stronger demand as the import demand builds up for Christmas. That hasn't really eventuated yet. Our exports through the port and our strong diversity of cargoes, it really has um, held Port of Tauranga in great stead in terms of um, that consistency of cargo volumes. And so certainly when um, you look at the export uh, dominance uh, through the Port of Tauranga, um, that's really going to, we, we expect that that will continue to support the business. Leonard Sampson says the newly opened Aruakura inland port near Hamilton will be a significant driver of future growth, and he's also confident the Environment Court will approve the expansion of its container wharf and handling facilities. 
Media company NZME has reported a steep 76% drop in first-half net profit as tough economic conditions takes a, big, takes a big bite out of advertising revenue. The publisher of the New Zealand Herald and the operator of the Newstalk ZB radio network says net profit for the six months ended June fell to $2 million. Total revenue fell 6% to $166.2 million, hit by a near $10 million drop in advertising revenue. Chief Executive Michael Boggs says it's been a tough half with high inflation, weak consumer and business confidence and a depressed real estate market, but things are looking up. Business confidence, while it's still negative, it's definitely seeing some recovery. Interest rates are peaking and real estate sentiment's improving. All those are positive signals, but, you know, I don't want to overestimate it. You know, the economic environment does remain pretty uncertain. What we have seen in the second half of our year is August and September bookings are beginning to look really strong and currently seeing them being 3% up on last year, which is obviously quite different to what we saw in the first half. Overall advertising revenues were 7% down. And given the brighter outlook, Michael Boggs expects the full-year underlying profit to be at the lower end of its 59 to $64 million range, which compares with last year's $64.7 million. Cinema software company Vista Group has trimmed its interim losses as the movie industry continues to stage a comeback. Its loss for the six months ended June was $8.5 million, compared to last year's $18 million loss. Revenue rose 12% as its cinema management software business saw strong interest, while its marketing business also saw revenue increase. Chief Executive Stuart Dickinson says with the recent release of blockbusters Barbie and Oppenheimer, the industry is feeling upbeat and the company is confident of stable revenue growth. Our review of how we spend and plan our CapEx program, we have recently brought forward our free cash flow positive forecast to fourth quarter 2024, one year earlier than the investor day targets. Though outside the physical first half, you can't escape the fever around Barbenheimer opening weekend and subsequent successes. For our clients, the last month has been nothing short of phenomenal. Investor reaffirmed its revenue guidance for the full year to be between $142 and $147 million. Well, in other earnings news today, Lines company Vector has posted a substantial full-year profit after selling half of its smart metering business. Its profit for the year ended June was just over $1.7 billion, including the one-off gain of $1.5 billion from the sale. Its operating profit was up 10% to $112.6 million. Vector says its proceeds from the sale will be used to repay debt. Jewellery company Michael Hill's profit has fallen by a quarter as margins fell, consumer confidence soured and expenses rose. Its full-year profit was $35.2 million Australian dollars and underlying earnings also fell 6% amid inflationary cost pressures and substantial investments in New Zealand security measures. Winemaker Delegate Group has reported a 3% profit rise to nearly $65 million with record case sales. It expects case sales to grow by 4% in the current year. And finally, stock exchange operator NZX's half-year profit is down 6% despite a big rise in revenue. Chief Executive Mark Peterson says it's been a strong first half despite the tight financial conditions and ongoing challenging environment for global markets. 
NZX's four-year operating earnings are expected to be towards the upper end of its $36 to $40.5 million guidance range. Well, with all that, time now for an update from the markets, and we're joined by Dave LeBreton of Hobson Wealth. Lots of earnings there today. How has the market reacted? G'day, Anand. Well, uh, taking a sort of um, negative offshore lead, for those good earnings are not enough to pick the market up. Um, right now, the NZ50 is trading at 11,449 points, which is down around half a percent. And any major movers? Yeah, so we've got Auckland Airport down uh, 12 cents to 7.92. Um, Air New Zealand flat after their result yesterday at 78 cents. Um, Fonterra, though, doing some uh, heavy lifting up 8 cents, 2.6% to $3.16. Now, Michael Hill, they're up 2% today to 98 cents after that result. And NZX up 2.5% to $1.20. So, you know, they're guiding to a a full-year profit at the higher end of their their range. Um, Vista, though. Share price not the blockbuster result they were they were expecting perhaps uh, down eight percent for dollar seventy two, um, but on pretty light volumes. And can we just have a headline ASX two hundred number there? Yes, yeah, certainly a little bit weaker following the um, resources down overnight. So the ASX two hundred is currently at seven thousand and ninety four points, and that's uh, down one point two percent. And that takes us to the New Zealand dollar. And Dave, can we also have interest rates, oil, and gold? Sure. So our dollar trading pretty flat uh, against uh, the Aussie dollar. We're buying 92.3 cents. Uh, we're at 59.2 US cents, 86.4 Japanese yen, uh, 47, pen- 47 pence and 54.8 uh, euro cents. Uh, three-month bank bills are trading at 5.67% per annum and 10-year bond- government bonds at 5.01%. Now, West Texas Intermediate Oil Price at $79.05 US a barrel, um, and gold down slightly at $1,917 US dollars um, an ounce. Kia ora, Dave. That's Dave LeBreton of Hobson Wealth. And we'll bring you a wrap of the day's news and numbers around half past five in Cheek Point. But for now, Charlotte, that is business. Kia ora.